Welcome to Hospitality Forward, a podcast with the listeners in more than 100 countries. My name is Hana Lee. I am president and founder of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning global PR agency specialized in hospitality and travel. And I'm Michael Ann Stendig, editor-in-chief of Hana Lee Communications, an award-winning co-author of The Japanese Hour of the Cocktail, and a food and beverage writer. Helping the community has always been part of our agency's mission. We understand that a lot of business owners, bartenders, chefs, sommeliers, and others might not have the resources to hire a PR agency. So we created our podcast so that our listeners can get to know leading reporters and writers and start building relationships. Each week, our media guests from around the globe share their practical advice on how hospitality and travel professionals can be spotlighted in their stories. In fact, one of our loyal listeners got featured in the New York Times after listening to our podcast and following our media guests' tips. So, you could be next. Also, please send your favorite pitching tips from the episode to hello at hanaleecommunications.com for a chance to win a copy of our agency's book, The Japanese Art of the Cocktail. And now, moving on to the show. In this episode, we chat with Glenn Hausman, founder and host of No Vacancy Live, the number one podcast in hospitality. Glenn is the hospitality industry's most well-known advocate, commentator, educator, and consultant. He was named among the top 100 most powerful people in global hospitality and the number one global social media influencer in hospitality. Hi, Glenn. Welcome to the show. So great to see you. It's great to see you guys. Thanks for inviting me on. I really appreciate it. You've been covering the hotel and travel business for more than two decades. So what do you love most about hotels? Uh, what do I love most about hotels? Well, you could approach that from a different way. I love the feeling that I have when I put that key into the door or hold it up against the door and it unlocks and I'm about to walk in and I don't know what I'm going to get, but I know I'm going to be surprised and excited. And it's that whole kind of feeling for me is what I really love about travel and being able to report on it and uh, to talk to people that are influencing it and helping create it. It's just uh, such an opportunity. And in your experience, how have hotels evolved over the last few years? Over the last few years, they have not evolved over the last few years. They've been too caught up trying to figure out how to, uh, how to keep existing out there. And then I think they got caught with, oh, my God, I can't believe we have so much business, but we don't have any employees. And now they're finally getting back to looking at new technologies and things to help lower the cost of operations while bringing them closer to the guest. Then how do you think consumer uh, expectations of hotels have changed? Well, they're much higher than they've ever been, I would uh, argue, because they're paying more than they ever had. So uh, that time of consumer forgiveness about not having services or amenities because of the situation that we came out of, uh, that, those days are gone. You're paying top price. You want top service. You want uh, no excuses anymore. But more fundamentally, you just want to be treated right. You want to be um, surprised and delighted and have and the basic tenets of hospitality, have your expectations exceeded. Absolutely. So these days when people are choosing a hotel, what do you think they are mainly looking for? That's an impossible question to ask because everybody's looking for something different. 
And that's kind of where hoteliers are trying to figure out how to get to next. Even me, it's impossible because uh, we're thinking of a vacation and we're trying to figure out what would work well for our family with different types of concepts out there. Uh, when I go to a business trip or I'm meeting some buddies, it's really more place dependent. And then you just got to hope to win over people's uh, attention wherever that place is, I think. So I think that the hotel industry makes a, a big mistake of thinking that people, for the most part, are looking for their hotels, unless they're resorts, very specific places, where really people are looking because they need to be in a place. And hoteliers need to have that that perception of, oh, how can I accentuate their experience in that place and be their choice once they've made that decision, as opposed to thinking they're going to come to my hotel for the sake of coming to my hotel. So as you know, there are more than 3 million podcasts globally. So tell us about your podcast, No Vacancy Live, and what accounts for its success and longevity? I don't give up. I just keep doing it. Right now, I'm doing No Vacancy Live three days a week on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. And I do our Friday night audit, Friday nights at 5 p.m. And just make sure you're there and you're consistent and you do top quality product. So fortunately, I've been in this business over 20 years and I know a lot of people and I've been uh, fortunately welcomed into this incredible community of ours. So people are willing to get on the microphone and talk to me and be honest and real and authentic. And people respond to, to that. Also, I think people like No Vacancy Live because it's a chance to get more in depth with people. You know, we have a lot of short form content that's out there. I'm creating a lot of that myself. But if you're commuting, if you're exercising, if you're walking the dog, if you're spending some thoughtful time, it's nice to really be able to hear what people are thinking and really understand what their methodology is in order to make you a more successful uh, professional. Yeah, I mean, podcasts do have this unique opportunity to have a direct line into someone's mind for half an hour, 40 minutes, an hour. And in, in our age of digital distraction, uh, it's increasingly valuable real estate. It's a very special medium. Yeah, I, I agree. I personally love listening to them. Uh, I like long form of it. It's uh, interesting to, to me. And it's great because uh, sometimes I start these interviews and three minutes in, I'm like, I have no idea what we're going to talk about. And then I look up and I'm like, oh, it's an hour. We better get out of here. Yeah, you go deep in conversation. We love that. And we, we also know how much work goes into producing a podcast. And we do ours on a weekly basis. And the thought of doing it on an almost daily basis seems overwhelming. So what's your secret? How do you how do you keep up that pace? Great team. You know, I've got a producer that books all of the guests, make sure they're taken care of. I've got an on air producer that runs the runs the show. Um, you know, a lot of people come to me for guests and I could just say, hey, producer Dave, why don't you work that out? So I don't have all of that to worry about. I'm able to focus on getting into the right headspace and taking care of myself in order to be in the right um, in the right place in order to be able to create a great interview and a discussion every single day. Which you do quite well. But, you know, 740 shows, 750 into the No Vacancy Live, and we're almost at 100 of Friday Night Audit. We've got, um, you know, I'm used to it. So uh, being that I've done so many reps, just like you guys doing whatever your job is, even on those days that you don't want to do it, you can snap into it and get it done, right? And the good news is I'm only on air for 45 minutes to an hour. And um, everybody thinks then that I have to be like that all day. I don't. I mean, I, I barely function the rest of the day. <laughs> 
I understand that, you know, one of the secret to success of the show is basically having a great guest. So what is your criteria for choosing guests to have on your show? Well, the guests have to either have uh, an amazing title and a point of view that we want to hear. Um, for example, we had on the gentleman that runs JW Marriott brand for Marriott Corporation, right? So that's, that's a no-brainer. We also had on a consultant from Horwath HTL who focuses on outdoor hotels and glamping and RVs and all of that because I fundamentally think that's going to be the next big trend after this extended stay thing that we've been following for the last five years. So I want to be ahead of it and have that on. Uh, another day, we had on a, a college professor from uh, Florida Atlantic University, Dr. Peter Ritchie. So we talked about how to cultivate and then engage the next big hospitality superstar. So for me, it's just interesting stories that are with people that you want to hear from. And sometimes we'll throw in stuff that we know will be good, but people never expected to want to hear from those kind of folks. You know, you're, you're speaking to all these fascinating leaders. You kind of have a catbird seat into the industry and what's coming down the pike. So can you share what you think some of the biggest changes are heading our way? Uh, from the hotelier point of view, I, I kind of teased it before, talking a little bit about how technology can help with operations. It's no surprise that the hospitality industry has been short of people to work in its hotels for a long time. However, we're always going to be short-staffed if we stick with the current labor model that we have right now. That's why hoteliers are looking for new ways in order to reduce that labor and other expenses without affecting customers' experience or the services that they could provide. So a lot of back-of-house stuff going on, uh, a lot of stuff to help make hotels run more efficiently. Uh, energy costs um, are really being looked at and scrutinized in uh, in a way that's also good for the environment but saves the, uh, the bottom line. And then the other part that I teased was Hoteliers are really looking for eventually being able to create the right offer at the right time. It's, it seems elusive. We've always been talking about that. Um, the major hotel companies have all my information, yet they still are not able to produce what I want from them in order for me to be like, oh, that's a great idea. Click, right? They're good at giving me two bottles of water when I get to the hotel. But other than that, I don't really think they really fundamentally understand me as an individual. Right. So there's a lot of room in that area. Why do you think podcasts are such a compelling medium, especially hospitality and travel professionals? Because when we started a podcast, you know, you were one of our podcast mentor and we look up to you and we listen to your <laughs> nice. show and I say, how Appreciate can it. do as much as he can do? We're, you know? we're taking inspiration from And, and you've given us a, a lot of good tips. Well, thanks. Listen, it's easy if you're curious. That's what it's all about. And people who listen to podcasts are curious. So if you as the host are curious, you're going to be able to create that great content, right? And I think that's really just the secret of all of it. People want to learn whatever it is they're tuning in for. I love sometimes uh, comedy podcasts. Uh, I just want to have a good time and learn and also kind of over time learn the formula of jokes, how they work. So I can take that math and incorporate it into what I do as well for, for comedy. I also love history podcasts, food, you know, stories of food podcasts, all that kind of stuff. But whatever it is that people love that topic, they just want to hear stuff that's more in depth that's going to satisfy that geekdom that they have, whatever that topic is. 
I want to circle back to something you said about a recent episode about glamping and RV parks and treehouse hotels. And you really see this as, you know, a real trend to come in the industry. So absolutely. Why do you think that? And why particularly now is it going to be so relevant and compelling? All right. I think uh, a couple of factors that that are happening. First of all, I want to say that any trend that you see right now existed in 2019. None of these things have anything to do with COVID. COVID accelerated trends in the marketplace, in my opinion, including this desire for the outdoors. We had seen a lot of these companies starting before, right? So it's always been there, but now... Uh, it's becoming more sophisticated as operators see that they could make money in it. And our guest, Todd Wynn Parry, was talking about how now it's starting to make that transition to that institutional money and that sort of stuff getting behind it. That is fundamentally what's going to drive the trend in terms of awareness and get more people involved. But they're only there because that trend has already existed and has existed for some time and has proven to be successful. I think we spend so much time on these freaking computer screens that we're craving what we are genetically programmed to be a part of. So do you see conventional hotels jumping in on this phenomenon as well? Well, they already have in a, in a lot of ways, but not in that outdoor specific. It's more with biophilic design, the idea of bringing the outdoors indoors. Even you're seeing more of an expansion of outdoor patios, right? Fire pits, it seems like, is a legal requirement at every single hotel these kinds of days, right? So again, that was already there. Um, certain brands, uh, like even hotels, it's great. You could walk in and they've got a, a, a live wall of plants. So it's already happening in your everyday hotel in that sort of way. Speaking of the great outdoors, Africa is best known for attracting travelers for safari. Yeah. And Michael and I did that several years ago, and we loved it. Oh, I'm so jealous. What country? So, South Africa. It was incredible. And so since then, we've been always dreaming of having a hotel client in Africa. Yeah. And guess what? What? You got one? We just started working with the Tribe Hotel in Nairobi, Kenya. Nice. Have you been? Yeah. No, I have not. I've the, I've been close to the African continent when I was in Israel, but not quite anywhere on uh, Africa yet. Maybe we should travel to Kenya together. I think that would be absolutely wonderful. Yeah, we'll be we'll be visiting in a few months, and we are super excited. We, we can't wait. Yeah, so let's chat. Let's chat how we yeah. can make that happen. I would love that. We could do some great content while we're there. Um, that would be a that would be a whole lot of fun. Absolutely. So interesting. One of the initiatives that uh, the Tribe Hotel is working on is focusing on honoring local ingredients and traditions in their food and beverage program, and. You know, as we were saying, a lot of people probably think safaris when they think travel to Africa, but we've been noticing a conscious push on the F&B side. So are you seeing other, quote, outdoor-oriented destinations upping their F&B games? Yeah, I think everybody is upping their F&B games. I've got a – you want to talk about F&B game that's been upped. Um the Chotwall Lodge in upstate New York. Uh, it's in the Monticello-ish area. It's probably the biggest town that's over there. They've got these uh, lodge buildings that they've uh, created, and it's all inclusive. Like, 
top shelf alcohol and amazing wines and all of that. And then the chef is like a, a Michelin star trained chef. They don't have that designation, but it is some of the best food I've ever had in my life. So here we're talking about having something that's rustic, but luxurious. And also uh, the, the food and beverage was superb. Um, and, and yes, guys, because if you want to have a, if you want to have a outdoor related product of a certain level, you know better than anyone that you need to have the food and beverage that go along with it, or else you're not going to win those people because so much of that experience that you have when you go away is that tactile, touch it, feel it, taste it, and food and beverage is essential. To us, we see it as like a the global movement that a lot of hotels, either outdoor-oriented region or not, are focusing on FMB. So what does the future of hotel FMB look like to you? And how much do you think of an impact will it have on hotels' bottom lines? Uh, basically speaking, food and beverage will always be an essential part of the hospitality experience. And we've seen that time and time again. Human nature is we need to be with each other. And over food and drink is the way that we do it for the most part once we're beyond uh, partying at bars and all of that kind of stuff, right? So, you know, uh, it's you, you've got to figure out how to incorporate that and make that a meaningful experience. And for a lot of people, that means getting the flavors of the area they are in. What is the point of going anywhere and then having the food that you could have everywhere? Even um, I did a show at the Hotel Nyack back in February, right? The Hotel Nyack, and they've got partnerships with uh, local distillers and uh, food purveyors and all of that in order to highlight and accentuate what that community has to offer. Because not only does food and beverage from the local area tell, you know, taste good and it's interesting, but it tells you the stories and the history and connects you to that part of the world. And all of these things when layered on top of each other, I think is a, is a real winning combination will only continue to be essential in the future. I mean, quite frankly, a big part of our decision in choosing one hotel over another is the F&B offering. Right. And if they suck, at least you want to be in an area where there's good food and beverage, right? So you get into that point of uh, not every hotel is going to be able to offer that. Maybe they'll have one or two dishes that are reflective of the local community. But people also want to be near that great food and beverage. So there are hoteliers out there that are you know, being smart about and understanding about how to have that flow with their hotel into the neighborhood and finding ways to bring the neighborhood into their hotel. You know, beyond data science and really understanding the guest, what other technologies do you see, you know, really having an impact on the guest experience? Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, you, it, the thing that all people crave is control, control over their experience. So I'm working with this uh, one company that they, it's not even an app. It's just you use your, your computer through the web and you control everything in your room on your phone or on your iPad or whatever it is. So you set your temperature, you can change your lights, you can set the uh, the alarm clock, you could open the curtains, you could do all of these things. So uh, I think that is uh, the next the next best thing. Again, not something new, but we're seeing the newest iteration because of technology. I think that's gonna be a big area for one. And um, this company that I work with, Creative Exchange, helps hotels uh, book local live acts, 
does the marketing for them. You can sell tickets against them. You pay them, all of that kind of stuff. So it's using technology to alleviate a pain point that general managers might have, like how am I going to create a live music business that gets the community to come in to see a show and spend money on my food and drink? So this kind of is a, a mechanism that helps with that sort of a thing, which I think is pretty cool. For your upcoming episodes, what type of um, hotels or personalities will you be spotlighting and how do you choose them? All right. So I don't know in the future what we're going to have because we really try to stay uh, up to date. I got the chairman of Omni Hotels and Resorts coming up. We speak to the TSA uh, every year, which is important in uh, my opinion. Um, some past interviews that are reflective of interviews we'll have going forward. We have the uh, then president of uh, Wynn Resorts. He's now the COO of the entire uh, company in North America. Um, Brian Goldbrandt was on. Uh, so we do very high profile interviews like that, as well as uh, a lot of others. We've got an amazing guy coming on in May. He's got a brand new book about um, uh, black hotels and the history of uh, African-American struggle in society and having to go to these different hotels. So that's going to be really great. Um, we're going to have on uh, the new CEO of uh, G6 coming on soon. So uh, we can't wait to interview her and lots of other great interviews. But the whole thing is you never know what you're going to get because we're not going to tell you ahead of time. You got to tune ah, in. So you, we, just we like that. so you just have to tune in. Keep them guessing. Yeah. So how far in advance are you thinking of your episodes and guess the book? Uh, we book four to six weeks out. And for our listeners who many of them are hoteliers and travel advisors and others in the, in the hotel space, how can they get your attention? Um, understand what I do would be really super helpful. Now I get that there's a lot of people that have the lists and they're gonna and then they're gonna send me out the story on uh, if you're doing a roundup, blah blah blah. I get that I'm probably on a list, but I find that a lot of these young men and women don't actually take the time to see what I do and how I do it and why I do it. So. The best thing you can do is just really understand that I do podcasts and videos and try to send me a pitch that says why your individual is going to be a great guest for my audience to learn from and all of us to uh, enjoy talking to that individual while they're on, on air. But just understand what I do. I mean, that's like 95% of the, uh, the game right there. As you know, we call our podcast Hospitality Forward. And this is the thing that we came up with during the middle of the pandemic. And I think whether it's a pandemic or not, we are always pushing forward. Uh, in your opinion, um, is anyone or any organization that you think is doing something very special and is moving hotel and travel industry forward? Um, I think my friends over at Remington Hotels are doing a great job with uh, corporate culture. Um, and that's something you can't not talk about enough because the corporate culture is really what leads to the entire success of the organization and keeping people uh, happy and feeling loved when um, they're on the property. So big shout out to uh, Sloan Dean, the CEO over there, and Chris Green, the president over there for what they're doing. They focus really, really intently on it. I just saw Sloan put up a video on uh, LinkedIn and he was at the the gym and like Mark Cuban was at the same gym or something like that. And he was just talking into the phone about how important it is, no matter how busy you are, everybody still needs to go and do this for themselves because it's really important and blah, blah, blah. 
And uh, he's like, we can do this team. Everyone can do this. And that sort of a, of a thing. And I love that, that he's trying to encourage everybody and setting an example for, uh, for everybody um, to be, you know, to take care of yourself and have a great attitude and stuff like that. And that type of thing really flows through everything that they do within that organization. And all the men and women that I've met that work there, just you could tell that they really like being in that atmosphere and it makes them feel great. And when they feel great, then customers are going to feel great too. So as you've heard, uh, 50 Best, uh, the organization behind the world's 50 best bars and the world's 50 best restaurants, recently announced the world's 50 best hotels. How do you think this will impact the industry? It's a real recognition of people's hard work, I'm sure, you know, and that's really important. And I think what these lists really do is they give people a way to focus because there's so much out there, you don't know where to begin, right? So if you have these lists, at least it starts to cut down the uh, the choices and gives you something that's more approachable. And if we have too much choice, then we're just not going to be able to process that and be successful that way, making a decision. It becomes overwhelming. Yeah, absolutely. Before we let you go, Glenn, um, what's the best way for our listeners to get in touch with you, potentially to be on your show? Glenn at NoVacancyNews.com. Glenn, G-L-E-N-N at NoVacancyNews.com. Or connect with me on LinkedIn and drop me a note over there. Or if you want, uh, you know, send me a note by Carrier Pigeon. That'd be clever and I'll respond. <laughs> All right, Glenn, thank you so much for your time. And we had a, such a blast. And we are now even more inspired to travel and stay in a beautiful hotel. And I'll see you very soon. Thank you so much. Yeah, well, thanks again, guys. Appreciate you. Glenn is so insightful and entertaining. And now that you know what Glenn is looking for, please feel free to reach out to him and introduce yourself. And don't forget to mention that you heard him on our Hospitality Forward podcast. If you found this episode helpful, please share it with your friends and colleagues. Also, for all media guests to date, you can find their information and episodes on our agency's website, www.henleycommunications.com. See you next week. Until then, join us as we move hospitality forward together.